Welcome back, everybody. We are now having our encounter with God. And before we get to our encounter with God, we are still going with the quiz. Yes, indeed, we are. Are you ready? Chloe must be sleeping in this morning. (laughs) (laughs) What creature am I? Before Peter James. You you, you only get a prize once a month. I I think she saves my humiliation for a once a month humiliation. I love it. (laughs) Okay, before Peter, James, and John became Jesus' full time. uh, Sorry, let me start this one again. My brain is a thousand miles away. Before Peter, James, and John became Jesus' disciples, their full time occupation was to catch me. (laughs) If you know what creature I am, give me a call. 1 800 Faith FM. It's 1 800 324 843. Tell me the right answer. I will send you the prize. Or you can text us on 0491. 064669 and, and the text have been going off I've been getting text here People really enjoyed that interview Yeah, it was good So um, there's I, um, some serious information right there From a, uh, a, a really serious guy And we could have talked a lot more about that but, Yeah, um, like he knows his stuff That like guy he's knows legit. his stuff <laughs> I, I really wanted to ask him I kind of ran out of time But I, I, uh, I really wanted to ask him Whether or not he gets emotional lashback at this kind of information the way that we do when we post up stuff about food or caffeine or drinks and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm still just so astounded at how emotional food is for our listeners and for people interacting, you know, or just, just in any in any which way. Yep. Like, it's just, I'm just so astounded. Okay, so I did something this morning that we very rarely do because we don't really have the uh, capability set up here to do it properly yet. Um, I've, I've requested the recording of that. And so if you would like to get a copy of that interview, then uh, send us an email at, uh, info at faithfm.com.au and I'll shoot you a copy of the uh, of the interview. Yes, indeed. The um the like a podcasty kind of a thing. So you can have a whatever copy a little, of little, the, little of the audio file. The, the audio yeah, file. Yeah. We we recorded that one. So we, we are working on podcasting. We are show. it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time. Just just bear with us, have patience. Um, yeah, because we do we do get a lot of requests. We've only been doing the live show since March, so yeah. give us a break. And we get a lot of we got a lot of uh, requests, people wanting to rehear segments here and there and uh, and as soon as we get our podcast up that'll be available full time to anyone across the world. Uh, for now we do have IGTV which is um which broadcasts our questions of the day segment yes because um, often those are questions so you can go back there and see all the questions of the day yes yeah because people people send in the questions and so we want them to have access to them so on IGTV you'll find a uh, an archive um, of people who uh, the questions people have asked and the answers that Lyle has given and uh, on IGTV if you're not sure what that is it is a function of Instagram so our Insta handle is faithfmlive all lowercase one word and, uh, and on our homepage you'll see there's a little button there a little round button that says IGTV and you click on that and it opens into like a, uh, a TV channel and you'll see little episodes and you can press on the episode and choose what you want. There you go. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. So we have a very special encounter with God happening today uh, where we have somebody who used our email info at faithfm.com.au to send a lengthy question through. And guess what, man? What? They're after the $1,000 prize. <laughs> yes, I love it. We have our standing $1,000 challenge. And uh, and this is like a long-standing challenge, isn't it? Oh, it is a long-standing challenge. Yeah, it's been around since about 1893. And we've got it on our show. We've had it on our show for months and months. And so anyone can win $1,000, but they have to do one thing first, don't they? That's right. They have to... Sh- Produce a verse from the Bible that says that we should keep Sunday holy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's dig into this one. Let's see what we can do with it. Uh, let me see. This uh, this particular person was listening. We'll call them Tim for now. Um, Hi, Tim. And uh, anyway, he, he goes, says an introduction, very pleasant introduction. 
It's always nice to hear from our listeners. Anyway, he says, for the challenge. To be fair, Lyle had stipulated that the challenge had to be shown, proven from the Bible, and that it must be exact wording. Uh, where does it say, that, 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 if I recall? So, um, the challenge was to show a verse from the Bible that says that we should keep Sunday holy. He goes on, as I'd like to point out that exact words are an absurdity, and like Lyle had done this morning, we must use the holistic approach when dealing with such matters. Okay, so I'm going to stop there and consider that for a moment, because I totally agree with using the holistic approach to Scripture. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about being a Sabbath keeper is that we can use a holistic approach or we can use the exact word approach. Amen. It's only if you choose not to be a Sabbath keeper that you have to you know, move away from the exact word approach to this particular subject. So the Sabbath is mentioned um, about 146 times in the Bible. Wow. 55 of those times are in the New Testament, so that means that it's mentioned twice as often per verse in the New Testament as it is in the Old Testament. So this is a fairly major thing. Now, out of all of those references, there is an abundant opportunity for you know, for God to communicate to us that the Sabbath has been changed or the Sabbath has been done away with or the Sabbath has been diminished or anything like this. And yet, on that subject, we find absolute silence. So if you're going to make a defense of, uh, you know, the Sabbath sort of, you know, either being done away with or the Sabbath being changed, then you certainly can't go with exact words. No, you can't. Can't at all. But with with Sabbath keepers, of course, we Mm -hmm, can. mm -hmm. Uh, That makes it easy for us. Um, So anyway, he says, uh, he gives a couple of examples here, you know, for instance, where did Jesus say, I am God, the Father, worship me. Jesus never made such claims, nor did he ever say he is God, the Father. And I would go to, you know, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, where Jesus says, you know, uh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And a holistic approach to Scripture takes the whole of the Bible rather than just a verse here and there. And I was calling for a verse here and there in relationship to Sunday. Now, I can give you plenty of verses here and there in relationship to the Sabbath, but if we take a holistic approach, then we look at all of the evidence that the Bible has on this particular subject and everything that it has to say on the subject rather than just one or two verses here and there. And so a holistic approach would begin in Genesis and end in Revelation. Of course, beginning in Genesis, you find that you know the Sabbath was given to humanity before or at the beginning, at the very beginning of creation, before sin. So when you think about that, there's a couple of things that stand out. First of all, in Genesis 2, and I'll just turn there very quickly, Genesis chapter 2, let me read this for you. Uh, The first three verses, read what the Bible says. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all of the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, and he blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it, because in it he had rested from all his work which he had created and made. There are a couple of key words that jump out here. First of all, God uh, rested on this day. Second, he blessed this day. It is the only day anywhere in the Bible that God ever blessed. There's no blessing in any other day. Yeah, it's true. Uh, then it continues on. He sanctified it. Once again, this is the only only. Uh, day that God ever sanctified. The word sanctified, by the way, when applied to uh, you know a thing such as it is here, simply means to set apart for a holy use. 
And the key word there is the word use, because something that is set apart for a holy use is not put on a shelf and forgotten about. It is set apart to be used. That's true. Okay, so only Adam and Eve, you've only got Adam and Eve that are alive at this time, so clearly it was made for them to use. You can't. You don't create something to be used and then, and then, not, and then, and then yeah. not have it used. Yeah, it would be absolutely useless. What's yeah, the point of that? Of course. And so what we find here is that Sabbath, the Sabbath, predates sin. It predates the ceremonial law of Moses, uh, which of course was a reaction to sin. It is a part of the Ten Commandments, which is uh, described by God as being eternal. Um, it's a part of the Ten Commandments, which in the New Testament are once again mentioned twice as often as in the Old Testament, and only ever in a very positive way. Okay. And so this is one of where some of the confusion comes in, because of course the the law of Moses or the ceremonial law was done away with, and you know the ceremonial law had seven different ceremonial Sabbaths that took place during the year, and so some people go, oh, you know, the Sabbath was done away with. No, the the the, the Mosaic Sabbaths were done away with, not. The, not the uh, the moral Sabbaths of the Ten Commandments. Okay, Mosaic Sabbath. Never heard that word before. Yeah, uh, maybe I just invented it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. The ones that were part of the Law of Moses, anyway. Sure. Yeah. 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 I don't okay. Know now, all of this, Mon, and mm-hmm. see if you can remember this. Mm-hmm. All of this discussion grew out of our discussion of Acts chapter fifteen. Really? Yes. How? So let's go over to Acts fifteen. Uh, because when I got this question in the email, this question actually took a bit of a circuitous route to arrive on my email um, and uh, took a couple of weeks to get here. I had to scratch my head and go, now what were we talking about on that day? <laughs> and we were in Acts chapter 15 reading about the Jerusalem Council. And the Jerusalem Council is all about what it is that applies to Gentiles and what it is that doesn't apply to Gentiles. Is this when we were discussing circumcision? It was, that's exactly right, is when we were discussing the issue of circumcision. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So in Acts chapter 15, God through the Holy Spirit speaks uh, to his church and speaks to us and he says that uh, in relationship to the Gentiles that we write to them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from, from things strangled and from blood. And we noted that within that, idolatry and fornication are spoken against in the Ten Commandments. That's a reference to the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. We also noted that... Um, you know, animals that were strangled and, and uh, had blood in them uh, was a reference to the health laws. And, of course, neither of these are part of you know, Moses' ceremonial law. Uh, we need to you know, point that out very, very clearly. You have uh, five major different uh, laws in the Bible. You have the Ten Commandments. You have the, laws, the ceremonial laws of Moses. You have the health and hygiene laws. Um, you have the laws of the theocracy. Um, and uh, you have the health laws. And so we noted here that you know it didn't include any of the ceremonial laws of Moses that were passed on. You know, there's no circumcision or anything like this that's involved in it. But it does reference the Ten Commandments and it does reference the health laws. And we pointed out that. And and then if my memory serves me correctly, Mon, you remembered that I'd thrown out a thousand dollar challenge a couple of months ago. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And so we got sidetracked and started talking about the Sabbath. Yeah, we did. Which is part of the Ten Commandments. Uh huh. That's uh-huh. how it came up. And so he points out that. Uh, uh, in his letter here, that uh, this has nothing, you know, the, the Sabbath is not mentioned here in this passage, which is absolutely correct. Yeah, true. Yeah. It doesn't mention the Sabbath. It also doesn't mention thou shalt not kill. Yep. It also does not mention thou shalt not steal. Yep. It also does not mention thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it does mention that one. Um, it also does not mention thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That's true. Okay. So, and we could go on and down through the list. Um, yeah, we go through like almost all the Ten Commandments there. And we like, honor your parents, that kind of stuff, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We could do that. Okay, so does their omission mean that, hey, we can break all of the Ten Commandments except for, you know, the two that are mentioned here? <laughs> no, that's such, a, that's such a sneaky concept. Oh, you didn't mention it, so now we can... <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a little bit like, uh, and, and a further a follow up question that um, the, the same person sent through was, why wasn't the Sabbath explained to Noah? Okay, and think about this for a moment. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. just because this "Thou shalt not kill" was not mentioned to Noah, and "Thou shalt not steal," none of the other commandments were mentioned to Noah, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean they don't exist? No. Okay, and also think about this: the story of Noah. Yeah. In fact, the story of the first two and a half thousand years of the history of this planet is combined in 12 chapters of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Noah, his story is in about three chapters of the Bible. Mm-hmm. God is not in the point in, in, in the, in, in the uh, position of mentioning the unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, surely Noah was taught by his parents about the Ten Commandments. Exactly. Yeah. This is where you come into a holistic approach mm-hmm. to, the, to mm-hmm. understanding the Bible. A holistic approach says just because... It is not there. Does not mean you know, it is not mentioned. Does not mean it is yeah. not there. Yeah, because I'm sure if you ever that's wrote, an argument from silence. Yeah, if you ever wrote your autobiography, I'm sure you wouldn't mention the point where you were taught by your parents to eat food because like, and then we could say, oh, Lyle never ate food because he never met. Well, Dah, he ate food. Like exactly. It's like, a, it's like an, an, Noah lived what like 900 years or something. Or yeah, other? it's like why bother mentioning it? It's like such a, a no brainer. Yeah. So of course, no one knows about the ten, the, the of course, Sabbath. The Bible is very clear. Abraham uh, kept all of God's laws. The Bible yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right there in the book of Genesis. Okay, so um, just because something is not mentioned does not mean it is not didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah, and an argument from silence is a pretty weak argument at the yeah. best of times. Yeah, that's a lot of assumption, is what that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's basically an argument based on assumption. And then you know what they say about assuming. However, mm-hmm. it does have a crack at the one thousand dollar okay. challenge. Okay, and it does raise Acts chapter twenty verse seven. Okay, extra 20 verse 7, let me go there. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it when people when people come up for this challenge because it means that people are studying their Bibles. Absolutely. Got their nose in their... In the and, and I must say that, uh, you know, this guy here, he is just super polite in the way that he's having this discussion. Yeah, some people get aggro about it. Yeah, yeah, true. And they make remarks that can be a little bit cutting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have to be careful myself. I reread my emails and like, ooh, that's a bit sharp. Uh-huh, <laughs> Tone yeah. that down a little bit. Yeah. Because when you that's make a sharp state, no, nah, that's not necessary. Let's just have a great discussion together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and, so let's, and let's not be scared to challenge each other. Indeed. So Acts 20 verse 7 says this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> On the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them and since he was leaving the next day, <clears throat> he kept talking until midnight. Mm. There you go. So, yeah. Yep. That's, that's, there's, your, there's your command to worship on the first day of the week, right? That's not, no. What? No. no. You didn't find it there? No, it's just talking about some local believers who were getting together and, you know, eating some food and doing some listening. Okay. So that's the first point. That could be that Wednesday the, for the, all we know. The, the $1,000 challenge did specify a verse commanding us to worship on the first day of the week. It's not a commandment. It's not a command. I can show you plenty of commands in the Bible saying that we should worship on the seventh day of the week and commands in the Bible saying that we should work on the seventh day of the week all the way down to the end of time. Yeah. I mean. 
You know, the Bible says that the Sabbath was given, this is Mark 2 and verse 27, the Sabbath was made for humanity. Mm-hmm. Not for Jews, mm-hmm. not for Israelites, mm-hmm. but for humanity. That's Those are the words of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. If the Sabbath was a, you know, the Sabbath is a blessing for everybody. Why would God take something away that was a blessing? blessing. I think it's also important to notice that while we have a commandment to worship on the um, on the seventh day Sabbath, there isn't a commandment that forbids you to do any worshiping church style stuff. No, we should worship on every the other day of the, days week. of the week. Yeah, yeah. We should worship the the Bible commands us, in fact, to worship God on every day of the week. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just because you see people in the Bible worshipping on multiple days of the week doesn't make them all Sabbaths. We have worship here. Yeah. On every radio, morning. every yeah. morning. Praise God. That yes. doesn't somehow automatically turn it into a Sabbath. No. We're just happily worshipping every day. No, there's day. a big difference between worshipping on a day and having a day of worship. That's right. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got that clarified. Let's move to Acts chapter 7 and let's look at some context here. Uh, would you like to read for us down through Acts chapter 7 through to verse 13, please, Mon? 1 to 13? Yeah. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran up until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole... Wait, 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 wait. Yes. We've been reading the whole wrong thing right here. I was just wondering where this was going. Acts 20. Uh, Oh, Acts 20. I'm in Acts 7. 7 through 13. Oh, 7. You said Acts 7 verse 1 to 13. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah. It's all good, but it's good to know that God was faithful to Abraham. Absolutely. Okay, so Acts 20, kept verse all of God's 7 laws, to 13. The Bible says. On the first day of the week, we, gathered, indeed, we, <laughs> we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. The upstairs room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. As Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Etty. Eutychus, that guy, sitting on the windowsill, became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. Paul went down, bent over him and took him into his arms. Don't worry, he said, he's alive. Then they all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's Supper and ate together. Paul continued talking to them until dawn and then he left. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home alive and well and everyone was greatly relieved. Paul went by land to Assos, where he had arranged for us to join him while we travelled by ship. Okay, so let's summarise what we have in this particular passage, and we'll probably uh, have our break here in a minute for a song, but uh, we can continue working through it. Okay, first of all, this is an account of worshipping on the first day of the week, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing wrong with worshipping on the first day of the week, is there? No. In fact, we should worship on every day. We've already observed this. Absolutely. Worshipping on a day does not make it a day of worship. That's right. And there is no command or even hint that the first day of the that the day of worship has been changed in this passage. Correct. Didn't see anything. Okay, nothing. It was just a statement of really this, great what was story, yeah, yeah. About the guy falling out a window. All right. The point of this story is to tell us about Eutychus being raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. Right? The point mm-hmm. of the story is not to talk about Sunday keeping. Yeah, 
Okay, this, this, yeah. that's what the story is yeah. all about. Yeah, that's all obvious. About that's obvious. Okay, all right, that's that's obvious. All right, I'm going to come back in a moment, just after uh, this break, and I'm going to share with you some more interesting um, context from this passage. But right now, we're going to listen to Chris Rice with the Old Rugged Cross. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, and this is our Encounter with God section. Suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown The old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left His glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross. gladly bear Then he'll call me someday to my home far away Where his glory forever I'll share So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I'll cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown And exchange Someday for a crown And exchange it someday For a You were listening to Chris Rice with The Old Rugged Cross here on Faith FM and a couple of notes as we get back into Encounter with God. Congratulations from Varney in Canterbury. To Varney. 
Tuvani. Yeah, not from Vani, Tuvani, because she got the prize for she the, got the quiz. quiz. Her answer is fish. Which is correct. In fact, our last clue was Jonah was swallowed up by a large one of these creatures. That was the creature today. And uh, that, was might, a deep that might fish. not actually be correct, you know, the last clue. What do you mean? Well, he could have been swallowed by a whale. Oh, goodness me. He could have been an octopus too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Bible says a large fish. A whale right? is a mammal, not a fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Bible made that kind of a differentiation. If it's under the then. water, it's a fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Anyway, yeah, it was Vani's first time uh, tuning into the live show today. She is also my bestie. And uh, when she heard that quiz, she was like, I think I know the answer. <laughs> so good on you, Vani. Well done. Good on you, Vani. We will send you the prize today. Uh, I'll make sure it's a good one, don't you worry. And Leon has also been calling in with itch- itching to help me with uh, Acts chapter uh, 20. Oh, good on you, Leon. And uh, giving some very good observations that we will now share. Oh, go on. Okay, so we started off by pointing out that in Acts chapter 20 and verse 7, the Bible describes a worship service that takes place on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What it doesn't do is... Is describe give us a command that this is a day to, that we're supposed to be worshiping on, and we pointed out that we should worship on every day. Doesn't make it a day of worship just because you worship on it. Uh, we also pointed out that the point of this story was to tell us about Eutychus being raised from the dead. This yeah. is not a story about Sunday worship. Correct. Uh, okay, so here's another piece of context. It had been revealed through prophecy that Paul would not see these people again. Oh, really? Yeah, this was his last time. Oh, breaking of bread. And this is important because the Bible describes breaking of bread refers in the Bible to eating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for a couple of examples of that, um, the loaves and the fishes, that famous story, Jesus broke bread. Yep. Um, in Acts chapter 27, you find Paul gets hungry after he's been uh, just about to be shipwrecked and he breaks bread. He has a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke chapter 24, when Jesus goes on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. When they get to Emmaus, they're hungry. They, they decide to eat, they break bread. So breaking bread does not refer to the Lord's Supper. It just means It just means, means having eating. a meal. It just means Well, I'm going to go home after this show. I'm going to bust some bread open myself. And break some bread. <laughs> yeah, I am. You're getting hungry. <laughs> I am indeed. Okay. So there's another interesting point. All right. Fifth point. Uh-huh. The Bible says the lights were on in the upper chamber, mm-hmm. in the upper room mm-hmm. where they were. So this means that Paul was preaching at night. Yep. Okay. So according to the Bible and in biblical times, the day starts from sundown and mm-hmm. goes to sundown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not from midnight to midnight, from sundown to sundown. Yep, gotcha. So Sunday starts when the sun goes down on Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. So this is actually what we call Saturday. We, we call it Saturday night. Yeah, and this is because they didn't have wristwatches back then on yeah, iPhones exactly. that tell the time. So the only sort of definite time was, you know, sunset and sunrise. Great system. Gave the exact 24-hour Sabbath. Yep. Okay. Um, all right, so here's what let's put the whole story together now. Paul is there, he's there for a week, he's preaching, it comes to the last Sabbath. He preaches all day, he'd be pretty tired, they decide to have a meal, they have a meal, the sun goes down, the first day of the week begins. Mm-hmm. These people are never going to see him again, they want to get as much out of him as they can. Yeah. He keeps preaching. Yep, yep. All the way through till midnight. Mm-hmm. Eutychus falls out the window. Mm-hmm. Paul raises him from the dead. Mm-hmm. They come back upstairs, they eat some more. Yep. Um, they worship some more, as you would when yeah. somebody's raised from the dead. Yeah. All the way and through until the morning. Yeah. It is now what we call Sunday morning. Yeah. Paul then leaves mm-hmm. and he hikes a distance of, uh, I did write it down, 48 kilometers out to Assos. Mm-hmm. Uh, try that. It's try that. Preach all day, preach all night, 
Raise someone from the, the dead. dead. Yeah. Hike 48 kilometers. Okay, apart from admiring Paul's stamina, mm-hmm. what we have here is a very, very clear indication that Sunday was not a day of worship. Yeah, no. He this is probably one of the clearest passages in the Bible that you will find to show that Sunday was not a day of worship because you don't go hiking 48 it kilometers came. because that's going to take you, you know. <laughs> A long time. That's one the big hike. The whole day gone. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. whole day plus some. Yeah. Um, if it's a day of worship. Yeah, that's right. He certainly wasn't resting. He was giving us an example of how not to keep Sunday mm-hmm. as a day of worship. Yeah, yeah. He so wasn't the passage. He wasn't in the synagogue. He wasn't preaching. He was... Nothing could be clearer from it. this passage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so here's what we've got. The Bible says that the Sabbath was established at creation. Mm-hmm. We know that the Sabbath was kept by God's people all down through history. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we find that it was Jesus' habit. The Bible says he went into the synagogue as his habit was and sat down to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. So it was Jesus' habit, and anything you can never go wrong by following the example of Jesus. Uh, then we find that Jesus commanded that the Sabbath be kept right down through to the very end of time. And we're going to read that. That's found in uh, Matthew chapter 24. We'll go over there very quickly. Matthew chapter 24. And, of course, this is a passage that applies to all people. This was not written for uh, uh, Jewish people exclusively. This was written for the Christian church. And you will remember that Matthew 24 is all about signs the of the signs times. of the times. Mm-hmm, it's yep. all about the end of time. And the Bible says at the end of time there are going to be some hard times, there is going to be some persecution that is going to take place, and there are going to be times when Christians are going to have to run for their lives. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says this, pray that your flight, in other words, when you have to run, mm-hmm. is not in winter, mm-hmm. there's some good reasons for that, neither on the Sabbath day. Yep. So what is Jesus commanding us to do? He is praying, he's uh, he is commanding us to pray that we will be able to honor the Sabbath right through to the end of time. Amen. You can't get a clearer command yeah. by Jesus himself than that right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as we pointed out earlier, if we go over to uh, Mark chapter 2, because um, somebody wanted to know, does is this only Jewish people at the end of time? Some people have, you know, were wondering about that. So we'll go over to Mark chapter 2 just to confirm who it is that is being spoken to in this passage here. And we'll go down to the end of the chapter where it says, The Sabbath was made for humanity. Mm-hmm. Or in the old KJV it says for man, but that's just the, word, the Greek word for humanity mm-hmm. and not man for the Sabbath, mm-hmm. not humanity for the Sabbath. Yeah. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So this is the only day that Jesus actually stands up and proclaims, this day belongs to me. Amen. So what does it say about us? When we find something where Jesus says, okay, this day belongs to me, and we go, yeah, no, we're not really worried about that. We'll do what we feel like instead. It's disrespectful. That's salvation by works right there. Yeah, yeah. That's us coming to God and saying, yeah, our works are good enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's right. We we can do this. It's better than what you can bring. Yeah. 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 Salvation by grace is somebody who goes to God and says, hey, you love me, you died for me. Anything you ask me to do, I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a love response to God. Sabbath day keeping doesn't save you. Mm. It's just a demonstration of your love for God. It's, it reveals where your heart is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, do you love God enough to do what he says? 
or do you have to change it? And do you have to diminish it and downplay it and say, you know, this is, this is just, you know, it's, it's not that, that, that big of a deal? Yeah, it's definitely a point to ponder on, and you know where our hearts and where our actions lie, and mm. uh, and what what it is that we're saying through those actions um, to God. Okay, and, and of course, when it comes to the Ten Commandments, one of the things that we need to bear in mind is that if you go, the ten, the Sabbath is a part of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. So you've got a couple of options here. One option is that the Ten Commandments are all done away with. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody seriously believes that. Yeah, no. people will say that, but they don't actually seriously believe it. Yeah, no. Uh, the other option is that only one of the commandments is done away with. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the commandments is a ceremonial law and the rest are moral laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- 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 nothing could be more inconsistent than mm-hmm. that particular view right there. Anyway, we'd Looks love like to hear from you. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. This is Andrew Peterson. Looks like we're hanging on to our $1,000, Lyle. So you think I'm something special Like I know a thing or two Like my eyes don't ever wander Like my aim is always true So you think I'm not a dirty, rotten scoundrel Through and through Well, lady, I've got news for you So you think that you're the only one To cry yourself to sleep you're the only one who's scared They all forget you when you leave So you think that you're the only one Whose heart is black and blue well, Listen, I've got news for you For you I might as well just tell you that it's
Heidi, you believe in God? Yeah. Yeah, but is God for real? Mm, yeah. No, I know you believe in God, but is he actually real to you? Or do you feel that something is still missing? Sometimes. If you still have questions about God and life, then why don't you come to the Is God For Real series? Sure, where is it? It's at the Gosford Adventist Church. Begins 7pm Friday, September 7. You can get more information at isgodforreal.com.au. Sweet.
You are listening to The Clark Family with Big Enough here on Faith FM and we have come to the question of the day. The quiz has already been snapped up by Vani. Congratulations to Vani who listened to the first time today to the live show. So, Mon, what is our question for the day today? Okay, our question today is coming from a listener. And this listener, um, their mum got sick recently and uh, and was in hospital and, uh, and almost lost her life, um, mm. had a brain aneurysm. It's a miracle that she survived it. And uh, and the um, the lady who, who sent in the question, her daughter, she said, why do people anoint those who are sick or dying? What does it symbolize? I know this is followed as a sacrament in the Catholic Church, but do Adventists and other Christians do it too? Is it bad to not be anointed? People were saying we should get my mum anointed when she was in hospital, but she didn't want to. Mm, it's a great okay. question. That's a really, really good question here. So I mean, let me read you what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Bible says this in, and you'll find this in, in uh, James, James, yep, chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, are there any sick people amongst you? Yes. Let him, that's the sick person, call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So this is biblical. Mm-hmm. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Okay, so the anointing is something in the Bible that is biblical. Okay, so we need to understand a number of things that anointing is not. Okay, anointing is not last rites. Okay, so last rites is a uh, is a service that you get in some churches just before death. Okay, what is it supposed to do? Um, well, it's a number of things. It's supposed to ensure that uh, when you die, you go straight to heaven, uh, you miss out on purgatory, you miss out on hell, all that kind of stuff. You don't go to limbo or any other place. Okay. So that's like a Catholic thing. Yeah, Catholic or Orthodox, you know, different churches mm-hmm. have last rites. Last rites is not in the Bible. There is no necessity whatsoever at all for last rites. It is entirely appropriate to um, to call a family around, to call a minister around, and to pray together as a family, you know, as somebody is breathing their last breath. And I know that for myself, if I was in that situation, that's something that I would, you know, I, I couldn't ask for a better death than that, you know, to just, mm-hmm. just, just go out with my family and, uh, you know, and my church pastor there all just sharing a prayer together, you know, for me and for each other. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's not commanded in the Bible. It's mm-hmm. a great thing. Mm-hmm. Let's do it whenever we can, and let's let's participate in. It. If you've got a friend that's dying, and you know, don't don't be scared to go there and uh, and and to be there and to give the families the support they need and to give them the spiritual support that they need as well. That's really really important. There's no formal ceremony of you know saying confession and using a cross and all of this kind of thing that uh, may be involved with last rites. Uh, that's not found anywhere in the Bible. That's purely tradition, and we need to be people of the book. However, mm. this verse mm-hmm. is not talking about death. It's not. This yeah. verse is talking about illness. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is that in some churches, and my church in particular, tends to treat anointing and the anointing service a little bit like last rites. In other words, when all else fails, let's then, anoint the person. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then they die. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so not the way it should be, but uh, that's my cynical approach to it. So forgive my, forgive my cynicism. But it's true because that's how we've heard about it so often. Because and, and if I, and I, I was in a hospital and someone was coming to anoint me, I'd be like, "Oh man, is it that bad? Am I about to die?" That, yeah. yeah. I'd have the yeah. same mentality. No, this is not what the Bible's talking about. The Bible says, "Is anybody ill? Mm-hmm. Have you got the flu? Mm-hmm. 
and you're not happy with having the flu. Call the elders around. What has happened over time, of course, is that, you know, this whole Christian ethic and ethos of we don't want to put other people out. Mm -hmm. And so we don't call the elders around because it's just the flu. Mm -hmm, Right? mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, I understand that. I get that. I practice that myself. Yeah, that has then grown over time, where it's like, okay, I've got a more serious illness here. I'm going to spend a few weeks in hospital. We still don't call the elders around. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like, it's going to be okay. The prognosis is good. I'm, you know, it's just a, a procedure here, and all will be all will be well after that. Then it continues on from there, and so it's like, you know, we we don't want to put because we don't want to put people out. Mm-hmm. We don't have an anointing service then until a person is actually been told. You're facing death. Yep. You've got a few days left. Yeah. And so then it becomes a tradition of last rites. And so the person who's asking the question here, you know, her mum may have just been like, oh, I don't want to put people out. Or she may have been like, I'm not dying. Let's, yeah. You know, I, the, if you call the elders around for an anointing service, then that means that I must be dying. And surely it's not that bad. I don't know the reasons why. But none of those should exist. There That's- is. Yeah. Maybe she thought it was something connected to the Catholic Church and she doesn't identify as a Catholic. Ah, so, yeah. but this is not connected to the Catholic yeah, Church. This Bible. is connected to the Bible. So how does anointing happen? Like you sprinkle oil yeah. or? Yeah. Um, oil was used for anointing throughout the Bible and oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit and it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit coming into that person's life and it's a symbol of their surrender to God. So the healing power is not in the person who prays the prayer. Mm-hmm. is not contingent on the righteousness of the person praying the prayer. The healing power comes through the faith of the person who is ill and has asked for that anointing service and is being anointed with oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit coming into their life and their total surrender to God and to His will. Wonderful. Thank you so much for answering that, Lyle. Uh, we are going to have a song now and uh, we'll be back after that. He cries in the corner where nobody sees He's the kid with the story no one would believe He prays every night Dear God, won't you please Could you send someone here who will love me?
Welcome back to Faith FM. You are now at the end of the show. And that we was JJ Heller. Give you stuff for free, which I'm really excited what, about. What love really means. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, free stuff. Okay, free you stuff. You were so excited about it, and yes. I was excited about the song. I was enjoying that song. Yeah, I'm excited about the stuff because uh, today we're giving away a copy of a truly wonderful book, Lyle. This book is just a life changing, touching book, and it, it fits right in with both our question of the day and with our interview that we did today with uh, Dr. Ross Grant. Uh, it's called The Ministry of Healing. And it is indeed all about healing and health and, uh, and what, what God has to do with both of those topics. Um, and the connection between spirituality and good health. Indeed. So if you're, yeah. if you're interested in, uh, in, uh, in the caffeine uh, segment that we did today and if you're interested in... Uh, I think there's know, a segment. Is there a segment in this book on that? Yes, there, there is. There is. I there thought is. there was. Yes, there I thought is. there was. And if you're Fantastic. also interested in, uh, in uh, um, you know, uh, the anointing that we talked about and uh, you know, how to deal with the sick and how to deal with the dying and, the, and, the, and those who are suffering, this book is your go-to book. On the back it says, Health and happiness go hand in hand. Never has it been more important to understand the physical and spiritual laws of health than today with stress, mental illness, heart disease, AIDS and cancer that are ravaging our society. Is there a better way to live? Do God and nature itself possess the secrets to long life and peace of mind? The Ministry of Healing is a classic work that spells out God's plan for health and happiness of the human family. Here you will find inspired counsel in everything from diet and exercise to building happy homes and an internal relationship with the Creator. Let the Minister of Healing lead you to a new life of joy, vibrant health, service to others, and peace with God. There you go. Wonderful book written by E.G. White. And you can get a copy completely for free. Just call me right now. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. First person through gets a free copy of this book. And don't forget, if you'd like to know more about the Bible or if you would like to do my Bible study course, which is called The Prophetic Code, then give us a call. 1-800-324-843. We can make that happen for you for free.
heart is what they say I know that if I do I'll be following something I can't know Deceitful and untrue I couldn't love you if I tried I couldn't find a way Unless my heart is led by God I'll only go astray If we wanna be one heart One flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you well, God is love, He gives to us A priceless gift that's free He gave Himself, He gave His all Unconditionally I wanna love you like He does, Lord Give me eyes to see The only way I can is if You live inside of me If we wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then Say I love you well, Love is kind, love never fails It ain't boastful, proud or rude It bears all things, believes all things Rejoices in the truth and Love will never seek our own Love's patient, love endures And if we want love like that Is what we'll have to do Wanna be one heart, one flesh, one instead of two There's gotta be three 